big question. No answers. See these questions I got on my mind. I'm asking them all the time, time. Like traveling through the universe, I'm scrambling. These black holes, how does time flow? If I dropped in one, where would I go? Would I come out a hundred years old? Big questions, no answers though. What happens when we dream? Is this world all it seems? I think, therefore I am. All I know is my name is Sam. On the road, child to a man. Do I need a plan? All these questions and more, that's what's in store. Let's start with just like a little basic intro. I Let's say like who you are, what do you do? Why are you here? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm Tabby. I have a, I'm currently in the process of finishing my early childhood certificate, um, as well as finishing my sexual health certificate, uh, sexual health education certificate. Um, and I'm here just because I, I love your podcast and I yeah. really wanted to be here and just see what's happening, what you're doing, uh, how you make it come to life. So, nice. yeah. And how long have we known each other? What is it now? Four and a half years since first year. Yeah, dude, we're getting old, old, man. (laughs) We graduated university. Oh, it's it's crazy what's (laughs) happening. I have kids, so I work with kids now, and they're like five years, and so we're talking, and they're like, "Oh, you're so old. You're so old." And they asked me, they're like, oh, what year were you born? Because some of them just know their years, but they don't know any other concept of numbers. And so they'll be like, oh, yeah, I was born in 2015. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop (laughs) doing this. And just like flash forward to like 30 years of my future when like the five-year-old kids were like, I was born in 2030. Uh, Like, that's going to be cringe. (laughs) That's not going to be any kind of fun. But I remember, yeah, I was talking to someone the other day about how when I was like even 15 and I met like a 22 year old, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're so a, old. They're well, and adults. it's the concept, right? Of like, oh yeah, like when we were younger and we did meet like a 20, they're like, oh, they have their life together. Totally. They're so put together. And I'm just like, I have no part of my life yeah, together yeah. whatsoever. No, like up until like last year, I was like, I think by 25, I'll like have my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <dude. no. laughs> oh God. And like all my friends now, like especially back home, cause it's a more traditional, like, mm. you know, like culture is a lot of my friends friends are getting like married and have like i have a friend who's 23 and she's like on her second child and i'm just like whoa i can barely take care of myself yeah like she's getting on it (laughs) yeah so i was just like wow these like everybody's changing so much and it's crazy to see like especially us from first year Mm -hmm. knowing what little crazy nutheads we were our first year and now we're like having jobs and doing like legit adult stuff it's it's very interesting to see yeah this transitionary state it's it's really interesting. It's like, I like, it's almost like the adolescence of your adulthood. You oh, know? yeah. It's like another adolescence. Like, oh, yeah. Kind of coming into your own. And Yeah, I definitely think that there's a, I think when you look at like development, right? You look like, oh, you have your your toddler years and mm. you have you then your, you know, your childhood and and then you have your adolescence and then you have, and then you go into like adulthood right afterwards. And right. I definitely think there's like, there should be a big buffer, like buffer right in the middle of your like early twenties where you're just like, you're not an adult yeah. and you're not a child or a teenager totally. anymore, but you genuinely don't know what you're Yeah, you doing. don't really fit in. <laughs> yeah. In any category. So yeah, it's fun. Awesome. And yeah. we just talked about this. Do you want to go through the whole rundown of where you're from? 
<laughs> yeah okay yeah, it's always it. fun to do that yeah. um so i i was born in california so i do hold a u.s passport mm-hmm. um but i myself don't ever really identify as an american just because i never really lived there mm-hmm. uh kind of right away i moved to mexico since that from when i was born moved to mexico then i lived there for about seven years then i moved to shanghai for about nine and then i did singapore for three and then i came here to vancouver so yeah moved around a lot it was fun though it was really fun made you who you are for sure for sure i um it's interesting because like both my cultures are very like different and Mm. kind of in some ways very polar opposite so you have like the latino culture where it's very loud and big partiers very social people Mm. very about like um you know like about just like gatherings and things like that whether's the the like the asian side of me is just like more it's a supposed to be quote-unquote more like preserved yeah yeah, more conservative let's say Mm -hmm. and so sometimes i am kind of pulled in both directions but yeah definitely it helps a lot with my education and for with teaching because it allows me to connect to different people in different ways Mm. um but yeah no it's 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 been really fun definitely very very privileged very Mm -hmm. very fortunate to have grown up in different countries and got that exposure yeah it's something i like didn't realize was going to come in contact with as much as I have here like in Vancouver it was not I don't know I didn't realize I was going to meet people that (laughs) their their like list of where they're from is like literally 10 to 12 countries in some cases like it's just it's crazy Vancouver is so diverse and yeah for sure like when I came here I was like oh like everybody probably just grew up here or grew up somewhere and then I meet people who are kind of a similar background as me where I was like I'm from here and also from here mm-hmm. and I grew up here and there right and it, it's amazing because then you just learn so much from someone and like I don't know I always the people that I meet that are like oh I'm so boring I just was mm. born here and I was like I find that also amazing yeah, because yeah. you got to know your neighbors and you know the person who sends you you know sells totally. you donuts yeah, and yeah yeah it's a whole different world for me you know and so I find that pretty amazing too so, yeah. yeah no 100 yeah how about you grew up where? I was born in England okay. and then left when I was eight yeah ish and then Moved to Chicago and then lived there for three years and then moved to California. Right. Okay. um, The East Bay. And then I lived there until I was 18. Okay. And then took a year off and then came came here. here. Yeah. So you've been around a little bit too. Been around, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've been around the block. Illinois. Yeah. (laughs) My parents just moved to Chicago as well. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. North north of Illinois. So it's a very nice area. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss that. Okay, uh, my big question for you. Yeah, something I th- I'm pretty sure you'll be able to speak on, and almost kind of dug into it already. So, mm-hmm. um, how much of who we are as adults mm-hmm. is shaped by our childhood experiences? Ooh, good question. I mean, I, I I got my major in psychology, so I do. I'm a big believer that a huge part of who we are, our personalities, is a lot more. It's based on our childhood, our experiences, mm-hmm. um, as well as yeah, who raised us, how we were raised, uh, the relationships that we have with our family. Um, for example, a big one that comes up is attachment styles, right? And mm. so the attachment styles that you had with your parents growing up is kind of a reflection and tends to be a pattern of how you have an attachment to a words partner or towards friends. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm a firm believer, especially when I work with kids every single day, 
I can see a lot of the patterns that, you know, like, oh, like um, they're more reserved or they're shy and then just kind of can already kind of see how that's going to translate into their older years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a b- huge, a huge part of our childhood is reflects on, on how we are as adults. Yeah, like I'd be super fascinated if you like say you were tossed with making some kind of like future predictions about your kids that you're mm-hmm. working with mm-hmm. like i wonder how accurate they would be like you said they're like five years old mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. like how much of their po- personality is like basically already been formed and like will continue to sort of yeah. be the basis of yeah. their like growth well like i i don't know like i think that um yeah you definitely have to do longitudinal studies obviously with with kids and i know that there has been really wish I actually got should be reading a lot more of those but yeah no I, I def there's definitely like lots of studies that show certain personality traits right mm-hmm. so like I think there's like the big five for example like narcissism and I think um, uh, uh, openness and agreeableness yeah, yeah. All conscientiousness so those five you can kind of see them already from even like the ages of three mm. so for example kids who are more tend to um, exp- be more like exploratory they love to like kind of do their own thing they're a little more independent um you Mm -hmm. tend to kind of already know like okay their openness to experiences they have a high openness let's say um you know kids who tend to be a little more and like they're very egocentric at that age so sometimes it is Mm. very difficult to see oh is that a personality is just that because they're that age um but yeah i know that there's studies that show that that especially those big five that you can kind of already start seeing them from ages three four five around that age yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's fascinating like i my mom was a nanny for a while Mm -hmm. and so she would always be kind of like and with like young young kids like one or two and she'd be working with like two specific kids in general every day and it's just like funny like the amount of like psychological analysis that she could do on like (laughs) one-year-olds you know and like like you can see like different like you say like what you're almost like uh primed to how you're primed to interact with the world or how do you prime to interact with people Mm -hmm. um like one of the kids was like a lot more like verbal and like Mm -hmm. intelligent but like could like manipulate their parents a lot more than the other one (laughs) and the other one was kind of just like you know like going about their day like soft and but like was very tactile and like needed to like touch and like engage with things it's just always been because I I don't know I then try to like reflect on I'm sure you're like constantly reflecting on your own childhood (laughs) and being like where did that come from like why am I like this like were you an anxious child were you like a carefree child were you like do you remember like a specific theme I was a troublemaker for sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't think I was an anxious child, but I was definitely like a rebellious child. Like Ah. even from a very young age. And I think my sister and I are are only like 15 months apart. So we were pretty much raised like in the same daycare, the same preschool. And then it was only like elementary school where we divided off. But growing up, we grew up in very small schools. So most of our friends still were the same friends growing up. Mm -hmm. So there was always that comparison with my younger sister. You just have one sibling? Yeah, I only have one. Yeah, younger sister. And so... It was always that comparison of just like, and she's she's very, very smart, very mm-hmm. intelligent person, very well-rounded, you know, love mm-hmm. her to bits. But yeah, she always had this like natural gift to be able to like consume information so mm. quickly. I struggled with that. And so same thing with sports. Like she tried a sport and she was like magnificent at it. And I'd mm. practice and practice and practice. And hence why I quit football, because it's just like I 
would always just get compared to her mm. and so i think a big part of of why i rebelled so much was just even as this little kid as my parents would be like why can't you be more like uh-huh. her why can't you you know and so i'd always be like oh you know what i'm gonna break the bed now <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm gonna lock her in the bath like even from yeah little like my parents would tell us stories is like i'd lock my sister in the bathroom or something like <laughs> something dumb like that i just like love her to bits now yeah, but yeah, yeah i definitely was a rebellious child but you're the you're older right? i'm older yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting but i think yeah we were just so close in age that we kind of just grew up together mm-hmm. and like we moved around so much that we didn't really have extended relatives or cousins mm. or things like we just kind of relied on each other which is a big part of why we're so close and now like we go to this we went to the same university we live together mm-hmm. a lot of our friends are mutual friends and so i think that yeah but in terms of us growing up like that's a, another reason why i love psychology and even like sibling psychology mm. because you can have the same experiences right the same nurture for right. say but yet it's a whole different world yeah. you know like yeah. we still had the same parents we still had the same education things like that but we just took to it so differently and we're yeah. completely different in so many ways um but yeah it's it's very interesting to yeah. like even see my own especially getting like a psychology degree is really hard for me not to be like oh that's why i'm like <laughs> that's why i'm like that I'm God, yeah. yeah i was just like damn like i messed up when i was four and now i'm this way yeah <laughs> like, yeah totally it's yeah it's a curse and a gift that, yeah <laughs> that's an say. interesting point you bring up about just like the family dynamic mm-hmm. like that obviously like when i say childhood it's such a umbrella term Mm -hmm. but like unpacking it more yeah because i'm like the oldest of total of four siblings like or like four children so i have three siblings Mm -hmm. um so like yeah you don't even realize but you're like taking on roles because you're having like three little faces like looking up to you and like you know you're yeah you're terrifying torturing your siblings just because you can like it's very uh yeah I, I don't know because that seems to be like a common thread with all of my friends that have like <laughs> younger siblings yeah. it's like oh yeah we just like f- i just fucked with them yeah. <laughs> i just beat them up oh, or yeah. like you know and like, i think for most of our friends we're the older so like mm-hmm. you know us too and then i think most of our friends i'd say are yeah the i agree older siblings yeah um, which i find oh, i was that thinking about that the other yeah, day we kind of like, like attract yeah. each other like yeah because like i know that yeah like a couple of like our friends yeah they're all older siblings and i just realized like huh like why did we attract each other mm. so much but uh but yeah we all always share those stories of just like oh yeah i just to like punch my sister in the <laughs> yeah face. Or, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah i used yeah. to like you know tell them to like fuck off in the playground don't talk to me for a little yeah, bit yeah just like, that always that like dominance right like, oh yeah like kids have to like it's quite it's boiled down i'm sure you see it fucking like every day mm-hmm. but like the interaction between kids is very like raw because they are that like egocentric self and they're kind of like developing themselves right and they're like in order to like develop myself the easiest way is to like dominate another person and be like look i am big you are small small. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. that whole matilda effect yeah Um, exactly yeah no and and what i love about work is i get to work with so my my group is compiled of like nine five to six year olds so Mm -hmm. they're quite small and my colleagues work with like seven to nine year olds um and so I have a mix of kids who have siblings and then I have a, a bunch of kids who are only child. Mm. And so you just see a huge difference, even at that age, same school, same, you know, they're friends, but right. just a completely different attitude towards like, uh, like turn taking and sharing mm. and like things like that. And so even like when you see like 
um, like a only child and they're just like, no, this is mine. But and then I've even confronted this kid and just being like, but what about sharing? What about turn taking? And they're just like, well, at home, I never have to share, mm. you know. And so I see those differences even already um, a, a, with an addition to just being egocentric at that age. Yeah. It's just the fact that they are not raised with other siblings where you have to share yeah. you have to turn take and things like that yeah so. do you think like it's like a detriment to those kids like because they have to learn now they have to learn it at school as yeah. opposed to learning it at home like yeah i definitely think it's it's more difficult for sure because mm -hmm. you you have these kids so i the five-year-olds are kindergartners right um and some of them because it's not i know in canada it's not mandatory to do a preschool and daycare mm. so some kids just come straight from from home, home. to yeah to wow. you know so parents usually had like long-term maternity leave or didn't didn't at all go back to work or something um, and so you have these kids who never had to basically talk to another child or went outside and played and that's really it. Um, and then you have compared mm. to the kids who like grew up with a sibling who's just like one year older, one year younger. And yeah, no, it, it's I don't think it's it hurts them, but I definitely think it's a it's a bigger adjustment for them to come to a school where now they're forced to have to share and, right. and forced to have to turn take. And I've had pretty big discussions with some of my colleagues about the whole sharing concept because mm. I was listening to a, a, a podcast not too long ago and they were talking about like, you know, we teach children to share. But when you really think as adults, we don't share anything mm. that's valuable to us. We don't share our car. We don't really share our houses. We don't share our partners. Like, mm. so why are we teaching kids to share the things that are valuable to them mm. when we as adults don't share? And so I don't know. It's, it went into the whole wow, conversation of the difference between sharing and turn taking um, and then having to be OK with the fact that if a child says they don't want to share something that they're playing with. As adults, like we have to learn to be okay with that. We mm. have to teach the kids it's okay to share, but when you aren't done, pass that on to somebody else who wants to also play with you. And mm. if, because as adults, right, if somebody's like, oh, I want to come and like chat with you, and you're just like, I really don't want to talk to you, we would say that's okay. Right. Right. It's your right. personal space, your personal time. Yeah. But as kids, we're almost like forcing them to have mm. to spend together all the time. So I don't know. It comes into, yeah. I wonder though, like, is there. Hmm. Like, at what point is it like when you make a concession to a kid? Like, if he just keeps saying like, "No, it's mine. I I'm playing with this toy right now. Like, this is mine. It's mine. It's mine." Like, don't at some point the kid has to learn that it's not his. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like you have yeah. to make that intervention at, at some level. Yeah, and that that I think that that's a matter of just like talking to them mm. and in like and I I'm a big believer talking to them like adults like right. there is no point of me like having that hype it like oh mm -hmm. like you know and so I have a I'm a firm believer like sitting them down pulling them aside be like look I understand that you don't want to share that's mm -hmm. okay but you know Johnny here really wants to play with your toys mm -hmm. too. Um, I know at the school that I work in, we don't allow them to bring a lot of like their own personal stuffies okay. or whatever, just yeah. because it turns into chaos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the stuff that we have at the center where mm -hmm. they're like, I'm playing with this. Right. It's a matter of just explaining to both of them like, OK, he has this right now. But when you're done with it, they, you know, Johnny also wants to play with it. We got to make sure that everybody gets a turn. So instead of trying to push them to share it in the moment, mm -hmm. we got to teach them to turn take um and you know like use it up a little bit and then have kind of train them to have the mentality that 
it isn't yours right right it is for everybody yeah and yeah. so um yeah it's it's something i still struggle with every single day with the exact same kids where they're like this is mine i had it first yeah. and it's like yes i know but also it's everybody's and everybody has to use it everybody wants to use it so has like your interactions with like adults i'm an adult i don't know if you know that <laughs> really really <laughs> but has your interaction with older people or adults changed because of your job do you think do you find yourself like questioning or having thoughts or like <laughs> repressing judgment or maybe <laughs> exerting judgment more than you normally would um for sure i think it, it it has changed i've been working with kids since i was probably about 14 so i've been babysit i started off babysitting mm -hmm. did a couple trips teaching english so on and off been working with kids for a very long time but this is the first time that i'm in a permanent position yeah um and like my entire day from eight to six consists of just children so it's very mm. hard to just in the physical matter of just like talking to people like my voice is a little bit higher when i talk to kids right i still talk to when i'm serious i still talk to them like i'm talking to you mm -hmm. but um you know it's about like when i when they get hurt for example it's like oh no mm -hmm. are you feeling or when they're like really upset or frustrated you're like i see you're frustrated is there anything that i can do so i had a friend the other day who's our age and he's just like man i'm just feeling so pissed i'm so upset i was like I hear you. <laughs> and I was like, and it's just this natural thing that comes now where it's like, I understand. Like, mm. Is there, but like, I don't say it in like an adult way where it's like, oh, dude, I, I feel you. Like, can mm -hmm. I do anything? It, it almost reverts back to just like, it leaks oh, out. it's okay. Yeah, like, yeah. can I help you? Yeah. He's like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> He's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, but in the more like, I think, um, in the deeper way, like empathy <laughs> for sure. Like I have a lot more, empathy for people and the things that they're going for and like i think when i see a kid like hurt themselves or mm. you know get hurt by something somebody says it's natural to just kind of be like oh i can see why that could be hurtful right, right? like i don't understand it because but like mm -hmm. i can see why it hurts you so now with adults when they're like oh i'm really upset that's maybe like you know if a girl's having guy problems and i'm just like i don't understand it but you know what like I can see that it's affecting you. I right. can see that your emotions are still, you know, very intertwined with this emotion mm. um, or sorry with, yeah, with this feeling like, what is it that I can do? And so I think before I was more in that solution kind of like, all right, what are we going to mm. do about it right. rather than just taking it in and listening? Mm -hmm. and I think that's, uh, yeah, definitely working with these kids has made me just listen because sometimes these kids just need to talk it out. It doesn't Most really, of the time, right? yeah, it's just it's like, just, they just need to talk. They it need out. to be heard. Yeah. Exactly. And so I realized like, yeah, same thing with adults like mm. when, when i vent about just like pointless things and my friends are automatically like oh my god just don't listen to that like yeah, you know like they're in, yeah they're just in solution yourself. mode and totally. i totally love them for that but it's sometimes i just want to be heard right. i just want to be listened to mm. and you know like empathized with and so yeah. i think definitely in that sense it's it's changed me a lot that's powerful yeah yeah it's and i also have a newfound respect for parents oh my god <laughs> holy crap like yeah love like i love the fact that i just get them for six hours of the day and then mm -hmm. they go off and then i don't have to deal with that yeah. for the rest of the night but oh my goodness like everyday parents and and it's funny because I remember like a lot of the things that some of these kids go, are going through, especially the older, like seven to nine year old girls. Mm. I, I feel I, I feel what they're going through mm. sometimes because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been there. But is it drama? Like, oh, yeah. Sometimes it's just drama. Sometimes it's like their bodies are changing. So I have a mm. couple of girls who are just older mm. um, and their bodies are just changing, especially because they're reaching that puberty stage. And it's just 
like they're scared and I remember being terrified and they're you know they're talking about it in school but it's like always like a secret and it's like oh my god I'm so embarrassed by that mm. and so I see and they're like I'll never talk to anybody about this again and I remember at the time I was also like I'm never gonna talk about this to anybody and now wow. girls talk about it like it's nothing right. but but yeah, no, I, I see what they're going through. And then I just remember and I remember also just like little things like I'd, I'd tell my parents like, no, I didn't watch the TV. And they like my kids would lie to me and just tell me things like, no, yeah. I don't play with that. But I know they're <laughs> lying and I just let it go. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. My parents knew I was lying <laughs> this whole time. They just kind of let it go. But oh, my God, like oh, yeah. they knew. Totally. Yeah. No, oh, parents, God. good on them, man. especially <laughs> during this COVID season when they had to have their kids at I home can't imagine. for months at a time. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how that. Yeah. Worked. Bless them. <laughs> bless their souls, man. Well, yeah. Cool. I Yeah, I think like what I've... I've had a similar realization with my parents. I feel like we all do, right? Like mm -hmm. around now, it's like, oh, like they also have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's just confidently freaking guessing. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no one gets a manual. Like no one knows how to actually raise a child. Like yeah. they're just doing the best they can. Yeah. And they did a pretty fucking good job if I like think yeah. back. Like, but I think it turned out great. So <laughs> kudos to your parents. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise, yeah. Shout out parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, putting myself in that, or at least like trying to put myself in that frame of mind that like the person I'm talking to used to be a child. Mm -hmm. The person I'm talking to me to me has gone through gone through so much of like unique life experience mm -hmm. that like yeah I've had my own unique life experiences that probably i could line up and like compare yeah but you also just at some level just have to accept right like yeah the beauty of coming to ubc like the fact that you are meeting people with like you know there are people from countries or had moved around to like multiple countries that i'd never even like mm -hmm. heard of or like <laughs> you know and so i have literally no bearing on like what their life is like mm -hmm. but i can just accept that that's fine like that's i can accept that they're also a human going through life trying their best as well yeah, and yeah. i don't need to like focus on the things that make us different or yeah. even the things that make us the same it's just like coming at an interaction with like an equal head yeah but yeah do you see kids do you see adults as like grown up kids now oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no there's there's a lot of like i talk more to like I'd say, like, out of all my kids, most of the moms are usually the ones to come pick them. So mm -hmm. I, I have a bigger interaction with them. And so, like, yeah, but they'll come in and just be like, oh, my God, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and it just puts a new lens to mm -hmm. parenting for me, right? Because all I've ever known about parenting is my own parents, right? And so it's definitely just kind of like, I don't know what to do about him anymore. I don't know what to do about her anymore. I'm so tired, mm. you know? And so, like I said, like, newfound respect for parents because it's they too have gone through their own life confidently guessing and hopefully this is going to turn out okay mm -hmm. and so um yeah no it, it's it's crazy to to think that like because i think growing up i also was very in the mindset of like my parents know what they're doing they, mm. they you know they're geniuses they totally. know yeah like yeah. and so um and yeah i had like my fuck ups growing up but like in no way was that usually their fault <laughs> 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 sorry mom and dad um but no i i think that like 
seeing the realism of parenting and just like it is hard yeah. and i'm i'm not even a parent like i'm already tired every day i come back from work and like my friends are like let's me i'm like don't talk to me yeah yeah i don't even turn on the radio heading home yeah you I'm just, just like, need i need silence, silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so these you know parents who have like two three four children at home where it's like and all under the ages of like six and you're just like Jesus. especially like single mothers or single fathers who are just doing it you know trying the best they can yeah and so i've had you know moms being like i'm terrified of of covid but i have to send my kid mm. to school because i need to go back to work because right. that's the only way i can support myself or or you know like there was a, a big thing a couple months ago where it's just like maybe they're gonna shut down schools again because covid increasing mm. and they're like i don't know what i'm doing I can't keep my kid at home like and so just seeing that there's another like 30 lenses to parenting than yeah. just taking care of their children it's wow. you know about them so how am I going to keep my child alive and healthy yeah. and a roof over their heads and so uh, yeah it's it's definitely very like yeah eye-opening I'd yeah. say and and the thing that you're saying about like just seeing how I think coming to like our, our 20s now mm. or like our yeah mid-20s, I'd say, just realizing that every person has had their own experience. Yeah. And so I attribute this a lot to to kind of relationships as well. Mm. And I, I, I don't know if you've ever watched it. Love him to bits. A little Scottish comedian. His name's Daniel Sloss. No. Um, huge so. guy. Amazing guy. Um, he does a lot of good stand-up comedy, but he did an episode, his second episode on Netflix. It's called Jigsaw Puzzles. And he goes into a little bit of how when we date someone we kind of expect them to just fit into our life perfectly and just like mm. magically adjust to everything we want right mm. and so now it's coming to the realization of like they too have spent the last 20 or so years trying to build this jigsaw right. for their own life mm. and so we cannot expect random people to just come and like perfectly slide and slide in yeah. right and match our lives because they too have been trying to build up their own life and so mm. it's very different different i'd say not difficult but different seeing like having that perspective now than when definitely i was like 16 17 and i was just like everything revolves around me right. and my future and my love life and my friendships yep. and yeah it's it's been great working well it's like these. the it's one of the most the greatest thing about humans and the worst thing is like you're stuck in your own perspective. You're mm -hmm. stuck in your own head. There's no way I can ever know what it's really like to be you sitting here looking yeah. at me. And you can't know what it's like to be me sitting here looking at you. Yeah, It's maybe like I have this like idea of the future that Ahmed and I were kind of talking about. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day they're going to like, you know, chip us or upload us. or wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then we can, them. you know, like take this weird... 10,000 foot view of all of humanity and then maybe we'll be able to actually work together. Yeah. But for the like next foreseeable, you know, future, we're kind of stuck. Yeah. So like the only thing that we can do is like take the steps that you are taking and just kind of reorganizing that, making that point of, okay, I'm coming at this with my life. They're coming at this with their life. Mm -hmm. How can we yeah How can we it's all about that? communication though, mm. right it's all about communication friendships relationships parents like kids too mm. what are you feeling mm. i don't understand it because uh, i've never gone through it right. but oh i see so you come from this different you know experience and so it's about communicating that and not compromising but just understanding mm. i think the world would be so much better if people just stopped listened and tried to understand right right you know yeah instead right. of even like you're saying like just like jumping to that problem solving mm -hmm. state right which is like 
I know it's really difficult, like people around me for sure, because it's like, no, I'm helping you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like, what do you mean? You're complaining, but like, I'm, I'm helping you. It's like, I don't, I wouldn't want yeah. to do anything right now. I just want to like bitch about yeah, it. Like exactly. I just want to yell at you. Yeah. Um, do you, this might be a funny question, but do you want kids? Do you want, has this made you never want to have kids? Has this made you like definitely want to have kids? Oh, like, I've, I've always wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. I always, I knew that from a very, weirdly enough, yeah, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher since I was three. Mm. So from a very, very young age, I used to dress up as a teacher, whatever that looked like. Um, yeah, just like a little Glosses like, and yeah, and a, exactly. And, yeah. Like a little ruler. Of, I don't know, <laughs> every Halloween and every like professional development day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I wanted to be a mom from a very young age as well. Um, I often, not often, but when people ask me, like, what are you meant to do? definitely be a a teacher is one of them an educator it's always something that was very close to me Mm -hmm. but definitely being a mom is another one Mm. i can definitely wait at this point (laughs) i'm definitely patient for it but it is definitely something that i've always wanted to to Mm -hmm. do it's something i've always wanted to be cool i don't know how about you yeah i think likewise i think it's something i've analyzed as well and like kind of brought in like being an older sibling Mm -hmm. where because just having younger and all my cousins are younger than me like always just having young kids around Mm -hmm. like kids are fun like I can always like I'm good with kids like I can like sometimes they're annoying as fuck but like I can (laughs) entertain them pretty well and I like I like seeing where their brain goes because it's it's peering into a brain that's not been like formed or like mushed by society yet it's just like got a little external influence from parents so pure yeah right so pure yeah that's i think the biggest thing i love about working with kids it's Mm -hmm. it's that we'll go outside and they'll just be like this sand the sand is amazing (laughs) my my goodness it's so warm and they'll just be fascinated over these tiny things that to me i would have never thought about totally you know or just like I have one kid who literally was looking at the sky. He just like lay down in the middle of the grass and just started looking at the sky. And I was like, what are you looking at? He's just like, those clouds, they're so pretty. Mm. They're so fluffy. They look like marshmallows. And I like sat down (laughs) and I was like, I can't remember the last time that I literally laid in the middle Mm. of a grass, of like a grass field and just looked looked at the sky. And so it's just so pure because they don't think of, I mean, like, really they're not thinking of the consequences they don't think of Mm. deeper things beyond you know what is experience what they're experiencing at the moment and so i that's i think something that draws me to them so much it keeps me like young at heart Mm -hmm. you know it makes me just think about the little things and stay in the moment um but yeah that's cool it's it's so pure i I like to (laughs) whenever i see like babies on a plane or like just babies out in public in general i'm always like they're always they always just look like fucking like stone yeah. they're just like oh wow it's what and then i'm like why do they always have that kind of like same look and it's because they are like tripping absolute balls like imagine like being the this is the first time you saw like this kind of mug yeah. <laughs> or like it's the yeah. first time you saw like that kind of yeah. lights like you would just be like holy fuck right so it's... every time i like i'm gonna do a face that this baby has never seen like, <laughs> like it's <laughs> just, weird. i'll give them something no i love yeah. oh my goodness it's so pure i think and i think a big part of it and something that comes up in our discussions like at work as well as in school is like how much of the stuff the negative stuff they receive is literally just coming from us like mm. yeah sure kids will fight and whatever on their own and will not want to share and turn take but 
for example, and, and this is a story that didn't even happen that long ago, but it just made me realize the effect of adults that we have our own well, biases. Yeah. So I had, um, I wasn't having a, a perfect day with my self-esteem. And so I was just like, I'll bring the kids into this. So I made them draw a picture of themselves and write three things that they love about themselves. And I was mm. like, I think this would be a great activity. And so one of my kids was just like, I don't know what to write. And I was like, well, I really like your smile. Do you? And he's just like, yeah. And I was just <laughs> like, okay. And then he like looks me dead. In, he stops drawing, looks me dead in the eyes. And he's like, I love my penis. And I was just like, oh, my God. And he's like, can you help me write that? Because they're five, right? And I was like, mm, mm. <laughs> like, I, was like I, I, I think I get fired if I yeah. write that for you. But like, And so I just like, and I, obviously I'm trying to be like a professional and educated because I also work with sexual health, right? And so I'm trying to be mm. like, I'm glad you know that word. It's very important to know that word. And so the like nine-year-old girls are like giggling on the side because right. we're all in the same room. And so I'm like, what? It's it's another body part. It's mm-hmm. like your nose or your ears, you know. And so I'm trying to be like all educator about it. And he's just like, well, what's wrong? Like, why can't you write it? And I was just like, well, because it's not. And it just hit me. Like that was the mm. moment that it hit me. It's just like it's in a like to yeah. this kid, it's a normal body part, right. which it is. Yeah. But as an adult, you're just like, that's not something that we it's do in society. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. We can't write that on a piece of paper and put it on the board for parents to see. Like, right. And so just that was like the moment of realization where it's just like how much of the things that, you know, the bias or whatever are coming from educators, from parents from without even knowing it. Or mm. like, well, like this kid was so confused as to why these nine year old girls were giggling at him saying this word. And I, it just hit me. It's, wow. it's a normal word. Yeah. And like, I'm a firm believer of teaching words, like um, specifically like um, like body parts, you know, mm-hmm. like male and female body parts, mm-hmm. like as they are, yeah. the words penis and words labia, like teaching mm-hmm. them the appropriate words because otherwise then you have these situations where, you know, kids are saying like, oh, my uncle touched my cookie and we had that and it it, it just oh, my Lord. oh yeah it's happened and that's why i love the field that i'm in where i'm doing early childhood and sexual health because yeah like you need to teach kids the proper words you need to teach them how to say yeah. what they're you know what they're feeling what they're you know what they have right and not have any shame with it but even i think it's also growing up very in a conservative like country or countries and and also like catholic background it it was really hard for me not to like giggle and not Mm. to like be like oh great yeah like i share Mm -hmm. write that down you know like it's your body part you should be proud of it it was very difficult because like i said as adults we're just like don't say that don't talk about it we don't it's taboo it's so taboo yeah so yeah it's strange i think like society like will just kind of produce this straight jacket like mm-hmm. whether you know it or not it's like when you get a bunch of people together and you have to make concessions and come to uh, what's it called uh like meet people in the middle mm-hmm. we have to like build up all of these unwritten rules and mm-hmm. things that yeah th- i think it, it goes a, a lot of it's probably very cultural i would think mm-hmm. like i'm sure there are some countries where you know like america and canada england's all very puritan right it's yeah. like you know for the last 200 years like if i saw your ankles i'd be like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you're showing skin yeah Yeah, so it's definitely enraptured in like you know years and years of like yeah cultural taboo Mm -hmm. and i think i do think that we are on a path like because this that hasn't that perspective that you kind of relayed hasn't really been the forefront of education at least Mm -hmm. not until super recently right so maybe that like this next generation of kids like 
like that five-year-old boy right who's like yeah. i love my penis like he's obviously been like his parents were like no you should know like What's your anatomy that? and your mm -hmm. body and like yeah you should love your penis yeah but it's something that like i don't know if it's a bad thing that it like makes you giggle but it's like it's maybe something that will just continue to evolve yeah like, and it's just because of what yeah what we were brought up in that's yeah just the the, the butting heads of yeah. it's know. it's crazy being in in north america now and especially vancouver was one of the most liberal cities in the world right mm -hmm. and then coming from like china and singapore was very conservative you know especially with lgbtq communities mm -hmm. like we don't talk about it we don't mm -hmm. talk about it at all you know and like if you see it you don't comment you don't look you know same thing in sometimes in mexico like now it's a bigger community and so people are more accepting but it's still because it's still very catholic based it's still something like my grandma from a very young age would be like, don't look, you know, don't, don't wow. look, you know. And so I come here and it's, you know, like it's so open. It's so liberal. And I love it. I love now there are kids books and I, I, I have them at the center for sure. We have them at the center where it's like, you know, you know, books about divorce, mm. you know, books about two mommies, two daddies, mm. you know. And I was telling you earlier that experience it really is about changing my mindset because even as an educator, I have to be a little more open-minded mm. i have to stop you know i do we all have biases but it, yeah it's about the kind of like knowing what they are or at least trying to figure out what they are and making sure we don't pass that on right because um and i was telling you and if it's okay i'll tell that that little story it's just like we, yeah i had a kid who's drawing a beautiful picture and i was like oh is this is this for mommy and he's like I don't have a mommy and I was like oh shit <laughs> and I was like oh no he's like I have two daddies and I was like oh my goodness I need to start really changing my perspective this like mm. you know very heteronormative kind right. of traditional family and it's just like because that's what I was raised with that mm -hmm. was like and everybody in my school had you know yeah. one mom and one dad and that was it totally and so here in Canada you have a lot more diverse and d different family dynamics and so and that's something I love but it is something that I'm I'm gonna have to start training myself not to be like oh um you know is your parent coming is your yeah. mom coming is your dad you know because some kids are not raised by their parents you right. know it's aunties or grandmas things like that so mm. it is yeah it's definitely very interesting yeah but it's i think it's great that you are like because there could be an opposite reaction to that be like oh well like that that was my, my like frame of mind growing up so i'm not going to change it that's mm. that's set right mm -hmm. like but when you're brushing up against these things that are challenging those views, you have that opportunity to either be like, okay, this doesn't really fit into my current worldview. Am I going to like change my worldview or am I going to just kind of ignore that that existed? And I think the more people that can maybe not even change your worldview, but like kind of reformulate, mm -hmm. right? Like recalibrate yeah. the settings of yeah. which like you were kind of brought up with. Yeah. That's, it's difficult to do though. It like is. you, you have to find you have to seek out experiences that lend you the opportunity For to sure. do it. Like yeah. you're probably not going to be able to do that by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just sitting in a room, right? Like oh, yeah. you wouldn't be rethinking your... And it, it's not just that, but like just training yourself, you have to come. So even after that experience, the amount of times that I still said, is your mom going to come? Not to this kid, but like to multiple kids. Yeah. And just as the assumption that every kid has a mom, right. every kid has a mom. And so it is just about like different, I was like catching yourself in the moment be like, sorry, is your parent, is your guardian mm -hmm. going to come pick you up? You know? So it's really just like about, yeah, experiencing and being open to those experiences, being open-minded that your biases are that 
they're that your biases right. you know they're not to be put to into a five-year-old child mm. so that they could feel you know shame or whatever right um and then two is just that practice it does it's a habit right totally. these biases are habits sometimes yeah. and so it's about really like stopping yourself and just being like oh shoot i did it again mm. how do i change that let me change that sorry and it's not just brushing it off and just being like oh whatever i'll catch myself the next time it's about stopping apologizing mm -hmm. because to this kid they need to also see that you make mistakes that you see your, that even though they won't like be like oh my gosh she caught her bias and like they won't be like that right. but they'll realize like she's making an effort to change something that she thinks is wrong right so i don't know i think that um now, yeah, if we catch ourselves and we want to change that, you know, and it's important to us to be able to be more open about those things. Mm. Um, it definitely. Yeah, it's it's a habit change. What is like your like goal as an educator? Is it to are you trying to instill certain values? Are you just trying to like have them not kill each other? <laughs> like what what's like your do you um, have like an overarching ooh, like goal? I haven't really thought about that, to be honest. Mm. I mean, I think on a day-to-day -day for sure it's that every kid goes home without you know they'll obviously go home with some bruising and some yeah. whatever do no like, home you're like yeah a doctor. it's just like, like <laughs> on a day-to-day -day, yeah that they go home alive yeah like that is <laughs> to survive yeah, honestly yeah. without having a headache at least once yeah um but i think overall i think so the way i'm kind of trying to put my career is once i finish what i'm doing now so with my early childhood Starting hopefully the summer, I'll be able to do early childhood. So work at a daycare or the preschool in the mornings and then continue this after school program that I'm doing now with kindergartners because mm -hmm. I do love it. Um, I love working with a variety of kids and a wide range of kids as well. So and then hopefully in about like five or so years, maybe work my way into like administration. Um, a big hope of mine is to maybe work into uh, or start going into the field of the ministry of education mm -hmm. um once i hopefully become a pr and a citizen yeah so you're gonna stay in Florida. yeah i'm hoping yeah I, I love it here i do think especially because i think a lot of the philosophies that um the education system here has aligns with a lot of mine obviously there's a lot of room for improvement yeah um yeah, and I, I do listen to a, a lot of podcasts, try to keep myself educated. What are those things that need to be improved? But in terms of just like a lot of the, the openness, the diversity, the inclusion, um, the kind of Montessori slash Reggio Emilia kind of philosophy aligns a lot with mine. Mm. And I guess, like I said, I grew up in a very um, kind of in a system where it's very much about results. You yeah. know, is your kid that they meet the standards that need to be met by the time that they're a certain age, right. whether it's like the Reggio Emilia and the Montessori kind of like more about the progress, about the mm -hmm. process, you know, it's like, are they, are they, yes, they might not really know exactly what number is what, but they're able to recognize that they're able to kind of explore their own world. And it's not really about the results so much as about the process. And, mm. and I, I personally prefer that. What I'm hoping for is to kind of work with the, in a team or in in a in you know, ministry that kind of works towards looking at education in that way about a process rather than mm -hmm. than about results because I, i've seen so much harm come from yeah from kids especially in singapore where it's very standardized testing you mm -hmm. know especially and you did the ib as well right no i just did i did ap 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 yeah, yeah. well still it's a similar system of just mm -hmm. like about results and people like especially oh my goodness like in asia in, in singapore particularly you just see kids like 
hurting them physically yeah. hurting themselves mm -hmm. just to attain a grade and the the pressure the parents put that they themselves put on themselves right. just to attain this this a plus versus a you know a minus it's insane it's damaging it's hurtful mm -hmm. and it really doesn't lead to any benefiting factors in the future yeah you might be a good lawyer a good doctor whatever but essentially you'll have no people skills you won't be able to really expand yourself in any way you won't be really that happy because yeah. you don't know what your own personal happy is mm. happiness is so yeah there might be like resentment as well oh, right yeah to parents oh and, yeah and yeah. that I, you know i i just see the damage that that causes mm. and that cost you know a lot of my friends i was very thankful to have you know parents and very grateful to have parents who were very like they knew what my skill set was they knew that maybe i wasn't so great in school and they reached a certain age where they're just like all right School probably isn't your you know strongest suit. You know, obviously attain good grades, try your best. But they put they recognize that a lot of my skill set was like people skills, mm -hmm. you know, children's skills, like that kind of thing. Right. And so they kind of wanted me to grow those skills rather than force me mm. to be excellent in math and science and things like that. Yeah, you know, I was I was very grateful, but. A lot of my friends don't get that. You know, it's about like piano by the age you're four, Chinese, <laughs> Italian, whatever by the age you're eight, you know, mm -hmm. like, and there's, you know, standardized tests that by a certain age, if you don't attain a good grade, you go into a track that leads you to like a lower possibility of going into college. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's just, it's very damaging. So totally. I'm hoping that that's a goal of mine, long, long term goal is, mm -hmm. is to eventually maybe help work on a system and a, and a framework that is more about the process of how kids learn rather than on the results that mm, they're attaining cool yeah yeah, yeah I, I like that a lot i uh, was shocked to find out that like i think the american schooling system mm -hmm. it was basically made by this guy who essentially was preparing kids for factory jobs oh which is why there's like bells and you know times to eat and times to not eat and like wow. yeah you're all like funneled together and like it's this it's all like structured like an assembly line oh my god yeah basically I never realized. Yeah, yeah i would look in i can't remember the name of the guy but it was like back in yeah when education became sort of uh mandated yeah. in north america or in the states i can see it yeah I yeah right can, like now wow and it, like that's it. what is wrong with the education system is it's setting you up to be now not a like factory drone worker but like a corporate drone worker who's yeah. just you know deriving just creating money for like a corporate yeah. state which is like that's a hellscape yeah, <laughs> like if you're not oh goodness yeah, yeah so i think that's awesome yeah i think yeah. that's super <laughs> beneficial hopefully for society that like if we can shift because education's where it all mm. starts right mm -hmm. like you're probably seeing now like the what i always think about with like, when i see kids is just like damn like how like what happens to us like we are like you say we're like round pegs that are like mm -hmm. forced into square holes like every yeah i mean it's, it's weird because i feel like i'm someone who i i did fit society's peg like yeah. i was decent in school and i like i liked sports and i was like I don't know. I did my homework mm -hmm. and I was, I was, my parents always get a kick out of this because they're like, oh, Samuel raised himself. But I like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was pretty self-directed. Yeah. Like my parents didn't have to like, you know, force me or sit me down and mm -hmm. like tell me to do stuff. Um, but then I see other people that are just buck wild and mm -hmm. like, I kind of almost envy that in a way, in a weird way. I'm like, I want a little bit more of that like 
I don't know, spontaneity maybe. But um, yeah, I think it's it's weird what happens to us. Like it's weird, especially what school does to you as well, like the lessons you learn. And and that's that's exactly why that's my goal is because when you think about it, you you say you know it's it's weird and what happens to us. It's never with a positive connotation. (laughs) You know, it's never like a yay you become this amazing. You know, yeah you like it's almost like from a young age you're so pure you're so you know like wholesome you're Mm. so beautiful and then something happens as we're growing up that just turns us into like these like money thriving like Mm. not all of us obviously but it's just like you have this already like societal like steps you know it's a it's a manual of what we're supposed to do and so when i know we have we have like a one mutual friend who didn't you know, it took some time in college. Yeah, he didn't want to go to college, so he went off and, and did his own thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, and I was, and I'm definitely one of my biases in that was just like being like, oh my god, he's not getting his uh, education. What is wrong? With like, what's yeah? Is, he's he gonna, gonna ruin his life. Yeah, yeah. And now he's yeah, he's thriving. He's yeah. doing great. Yeah. Getting getting promotions and like, I, of course, I'm an educator, so I'm obviously like very. Um, I'm very, I'm a big believer of always getting an education mm-hmm. and no matter what but yeah it's definitely this like we have this manual that society somewhere along the line gives us though after elementary and that's why people find it so hard once they graduate university mm-hmm. because we have this manual like okay you start elementary school after elementary mm-hmm. school middle school middle school high school high school university nobody and then after university job yeah but nobody tells us what the manual is after yeah, that, yeah right yeah. there's no like it's or it's like a more personal where it's just like a right, job job couple of years marriage marriage kids right. kids you know and so it's just like this and death and death yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly and so there's never a manual of just like enjoy your life take a year off and do whatever the hell you mm-hmm. want like and so i don't know it's just definitely definitely like Something that, yeah, like in that process of teaching kids about the process rather than the results is like in everything. University for me, one of the reasons why I, I, yeah, I I struggled a lot in university. But one of the reasons why I loved it so much, even when I struggled, was because I had people. Because I, Mm -hmm. there were so many moments where I just lived, you know, where I just like remember just like I remember once we went to like Wreck Beach. It was but fuck cold outside and we're just sitting around the campfire and i just remember looking back and just like like literally sitting back and just mm-hmm. watching everybody like sing songs and just living it and yeah. enjoying the process mm-hmm. of this it wasn't just about my grades and about this conclusion of graduation yeah. it was about actually enjoying myself and balancing my life and and i think that a lot and i'm not perfect at it for sure like i still have so much work to do in that but I think that a lot of people miss that out. Mm. And as a result, they, you know, finish university, get a job and they're like, well, shit, am I stuck in this job? Like, I'm not even happy with this job. I just have a job that pays really well, but I'm not happy. And so, I don't know. I'm hoping that that's something that can be changed, hopefully. Yeah. No, I I think that's a secret. Like, I think there's a study that asked people... It basically wanted to find like a correlation between your like social support network mm-hmm. and like your well-being mm-hmm. and it found out like yeah like obviously job is up there like educational background is up there but like the primary um like marker for whether you're actually like happy mm-hmm. is your social support it's oh, yeah. who's around you who are the people that are yeah. which makes total fucking sense yeah. like who are you spending 90 percent of your time with right like yeah. it's it's something that quarantine has made me appreciate is mm-hmm. like roommates like caleb sarov grove like having 
they're awesome a shout connection out shout out to all <laughs> of them honestly them. like they're i awesome. we i mean we've gone insane so yeah. but like I, I don't know what would have happened if we weren't yeah. as tight as we were like yeah. we almost had to become more yeah close you know what i think about and i think about this really frequently is what th- would have happened if we had experienced this our first year oh my god and we're all internationals most of no yeah, yeah we're all internationals yeah. right yeah. and so we had just come we didn't know anybody we didn't have like at least for me i didn't have any like friends friends who were like or family members and no. we just like i struggled so much my first year because i didn't know who my friends were and mm-hmm. i kind of jumped around groups just being like oh maybe and it yeah. didn't really fit until i met you guys mm-hmm. um but i just think about like what would have happened if this happened while we were living in Banier yeah. and just like we couldn't see anybody, we couldn't talk to anyone, we don't really know who our friends are, we don't know who we can trust, we don't have these relationships yet, we're away from family, miles and miles away from family. And I just, I feel so much like pain for the kids who are going through this, you know, who are living away from their families, yep. trying to make it through first year university, which is not easy for anybody online, <laughs> nonetheless. You know, Ugh. and and they don't have a support system, and it's it's I'm yeah like fuck. yeah. What do you do? Like I I agree, and it's something that everyone's talking about, but like the downstream effects of this oh, are yeah. gonna be whack. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't know what's gonna happen to I society, but yeah. yeah, like already, what scares me is like, yeah, definitely taking like your university experience mm-hmm. away from someone that's first year was pretty formative i don't know (laughs) about you but like for me i think i like like you said like you figure out who your friends are you figure out what your values are right like oh yeah what you expect from Mm -hmm. other people like romantic relation all Mm -hmm. of these things are a lot of happening a lot of times happening in in first year but also like there's also this crazy subset of the population now that's just shut shut themselves away yeah and they've been like told like it's good like good you're doing the good thing it's like cutting yourself off from society and like yeah. we do not do well with not isolation we're social people yeah we yeah. are and even when you call yourself like a hermit or an mm-hmm. introvert you're still social one way or yeah. another whether it's gaming with your buddies and stuff but at mm-hmm. a certain level you're just like i've had enough totally and so i was i was listening to the radio earlier today and there was this <laughs> can't believe i listened to the radio but i was listening <laughs> to the radio and this the the two people on the radio were talking about how um this last weekend there was a, an apartment, this like three floor apartment uh, penthouse, and they threw a party. And so they, all, they got mm. arrested, they got fined, all these things, right? And they're like, yeah, this is so bad. Like, why are people doing this? And then the other guy said something I did not expect. He's like, I'm not trying to condone it, yeah, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. It's been one year. It's officially been like one year of us being in lockdown. And it's like, people are going nuts people are just starting to miss each other and yeah. miss intimacy and miss you know just talking to another human being and yeah. and there are certain people who yeah like you know like i have a job that requires me to be out with my kids you mm-hmm. know like i have to be at the school yeah so i get my social interaction from them totally but there's some people who are just like working from home yeah. never leave or you know either immunocompromised so they can't leave mm-hmm. can't even go to the gym like live by themselves like i, I just i think like okay like i'm not trying to condone a hundred people party but at the same time i understand it people yeah. and then the guy was just like well then go take a walk and then the other guy was like no like the walk is not gonna help anybody yeah. you need to 
let go you need to like, have fun yeah. party believe that the world is not ending <laughs> yeah. and so it's it's crazy and i see the effects on like these five-year-olds as well where it's like they were not in school for a very long time mm. as well right and up until september so to them it's a very very long holiday but because they essentially missed almost a year of their education or the education was done at home mm. they have a harder time paying attention now yeah because like i think sometimes also when and parents like wow they did a great job but it is very different for each child right so some kid like some kids i i think and i was talking to one of the parents she was like yeah like he'd get really upset and then we stop for the day and then we move on to so his progress was not as as um let's say as uh as quickly as others um but as a, as a result now he's in school having such a hard time paying attention mm -hmm. because when he was at home his first year in school he was basically just kind of slacking around a right. little bit yeah so i see the effects of covid on these kids and, and even like the small things where i'd be like high five and they're like oh we can't high five yeah. like they'll call me out on it and i have to be so much better at this now but yeah, no, they call me out or like wow. they'll sneeze. Like one of my kids just like sneezed out and then the other kid was like, no, you have to cover your mouth. Mm. So they're really, wow. they're catching on real, real quick. Yeah, but at that's the same pretty time, fascinating. It's crazy to think that that's the world that they're growing up and that's yeah. the world we're living in, you know, as a I whole. Know. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. Ah. These kids catch on quickly though. They're that's it, right? Like uh, we are at our core, like, like fucking especially children you're like a fucking rubber band like you're so malleable you're so res resistance yeah. uh or resistant to change. to change yeah um and you're yeah you're adaptable at your core so i think it's easy i think as, i don't know i've seen a lot of people online or like uh, you know people talking heads kind of on the news being like what is this doing to the children <laughs> and I, it obviously is like that's it's changing what being a kid is like mm -hmm. for sure but I mean, like, kids are still kids. Like, yeah. I don't think you can remove that, like, yeah. wonder or that, like, genuine compassion that, yeah. like, children show for each other. Like, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is I think we'll get through it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, <laughs> you know. and you know what? Like, I think a big thing is that we're coming, as adults, we're saying, like, what are we doing to these kids? Because mm -hmm. we were kids once, too, right? Mm -hmm. But to these kids, this is their truth, yeah. right? They don't know any different. So they assume everybody has gone through this, you right. know, like when they were younger. And yeah. so this is so new to them, but they don't, it's like, I don't know, like, it's like, I don't even have a good comparison, but yeah, to them, this is their truth. To us, it isn't because we went to kids and we didn't have to experience yeah. that. But to them, they're just like, they right. don't know anything different. Yeah, they don't know. Any, that's yeah, that, yeah, they don't know anything different. Yeah. And so, but I am very, very curious to know how this is going to affect their, their socialness, yeah. you know, like, and at the school, like I said, they're back to normal and they're you know, intermingling. But when schools are like, oh, yeah, we just tell the kids to stay six feet apart. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. That, you know, like, not going like, to happen, especially that, with little ones. Oh, no. Like, like, yeah. And it doesn't happen. And no. same thing with like, and that's a big thing that right now the education committee is trying to or the school board is trying to. Our kids don't have to wear masks mm -hmm. because they're five and under. Yeah. Even honestly, the nine and under don't wear masks, mm -hmm. which puts us at risk, right? Yeah. Which is something that we are concerned of. We still go to do our jobs and I love those kids. But yeah, we have and we have to wear masks and things like mm -hmm. that. But the fact that, you know, like they don't wear masks, it is concerning. Yeah. And it's something that we always have to to kind of bring up and mm. just be like, mm, yeah. should they be? Yeah. But the response is always met with 
but they're kids. Yeah. You know, they're not going to keep their mask on completely fair, but it's also just like, oh, yeah. then should we be even opening schools mm, at this point? Right. You know, because if we can't guarantee the safety of our educators, we can't guarantee the safety of their parents, their grandparents, yeah. nobody. Yeah, exactly. So, that knock on effect. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I don't know. So far, it's been going all right, mm-hmm. I'd say, at least for my school, but. It is, it is kind of scary sometimes. Totally. Yeah. You'll see a kid sneeze and be like, oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, or like, you'll see them cough and you're like, run the other way. Just yeah. sanitize that uh, area. Just oh, put God. them in isolation for a little <laughs> bit. Yo, I have to pee really bad, but we could keep going. <laughs> no worries. Is that, you're down to keep yeah, going? For yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm having know. a blast. <laughs> Good. Alrighty, back from the pee break. Yeah. All right. Hit me up with your question. I have, yeah. So you asked me about how much of our childhood determines who we are Mm -hmm. how much of your childhood do you think determines who you are Mm, right now turning the tables around let me interview you (laughs) um it's a good question i like we touched on like being an older sibling Mm -hmm. definitely plays into my identity a lot and definitely i'm realizing how much it's impacted me as i get older Mm -hmm. and and as i see my influence on my siblings as well which is super fucking weird um i was i think a pretty anxious child like i remember i would have like weird like claustrophobia was like a big thing Mm -hmm. or like i would freak out if like my mom's like oh i'm just going shopping like you stay in the car and if it was like a little bit longer than she said i was like oh my god she got kidnapped (laughs) like she's been murdered like (laughs) I would, my mind would just immediately jump worst to case. like worst case scenario, like catastrophizing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember going home or like I was at my dad's office once, I think with my sisters and the elevator like didn't work. Mm-hmm. So we had to go into the stairwell and like the st- every stairwell or every like floor, I like tried to open the door and like get back into the main building, but they were all locked. And I just started like freaking out, thinking oh, like no. I was stuck in the stairwell, like running down the stairs, like screaming, <laughs> like hyperventilating. And that was when I was like, I don't know, fucking 10 maybe. Okay. So those things stick in my mind as like, oh wow, I was like high strung as yeah. a kid. Um, and it's something that I, I worked hard at because now I'm... I'm an, I'm I'm an anxious person, but I'm also very. I've worked hard at like mm-hmm. addressing that anxiety because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't like feeling like that, right? That's yeah. Like I, I don't I don't want to fight it because it's like a f- part of who I am, but it's just some wiring that's yeah overly sensitized or something, right? Uh-huh. Like it's not normal to be freaking out that you can't like I don't know. So follow up is. Did you, before that experience of like the stairwell and stuff, was it something that maybe came from something earlier in childhood that maybe like something happened that made you Mm. very paranoid or a very paranoid feeling? I think my mom is a very anxious person. Okay. And, but like, yeah, I remember like when I was, she told me all this later, but like when she was pregnant with me, she would have like these crazy dreams mm-hmm. where like I would be born and I would have like no eyes or oh. I would be born deaf or okay. I would be like, like she was convinced that I was blind when I was born. Okay. And like, I obviously I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, I was born with a pneumothorax. Though, so like, I, I was blue. I was like, I had a collapsed lung. So I had oh. to like, reinflate my lung. Oh my. So that, okay. that's a fun fact. But, um, crazy I don't know. Maybe, how your mom kind of 
felt some, like something. I know, right? That's, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's attached, but yeah, I, interesting. Uh-huh. I think, but I think you definitely do imprint on your parents. Mm-hmm. Mom was def- she is an anxious person, yeah. but like only in like specific scenarios, but definitely more like. I don't know. We'll we'll catastrophize more. We'll be. I I think that's where I kind of got it from. Got it. Yeah. Um, and it's something that like. I talk about it fucking way too much, but it's the truth. Like it before my, I feel like there's a before my year off mm-hmm. Samuel, and there's like a post year oh, off. Oh, so okay, yeah. I really think like that period of my life taught me so much about interactions and like myself and just how to deal with stress and because it's just like literally seven i had seven months to like you said to do whatever the fuck i wanted yeah and i was doing it in asia for the most part but it was um like just you're jam-packing in life experience into like a very short period of time right and especially in a place where like india where it's just so on yeah yeah Yeah, you're you have you have no choice but to be on on all the time yeah Yeah, like like just your senses are just heightened Heightened. yeah Uh everything is going so i think that yeah it's been a process Mm -hmm. but and i i don't know because i laid obviously good groundwork as well Mm -hmm. as a child and like i had a very like i had an awesome childhood like Mm -hmm constantly a lot of my life is like outside and like my parents made it a thing to like yeah we'd go on holiday or we'd go on weekly or yeah like every weekend we'd go on hikes or we went on a bunch of road trips when we first moved to america like very like adventurous and like that definitely instilled in me to like go and explore and experience yeah um but yeah i think a lot of who i am is my childhood but a lot of it is okay I notice these patterns from my childhood. How can I address yeah. and change? I love that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I relate to that a lot. Mm-hmm. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> my mom hates it when I do that now. But yeah, I, I, I really do. It's, yeah. it's um, And yeah, in terms of, of our, our parents and the habits that they have, mm-hmm. like now that you said it, like I wasn't a very anxious child, but now as an adult, because of my, because of like, Sometimes, like, the things my parents did. So my dad is one of those travelers who is three hours early to the airport, mm-hmm. has to have everything printed. Even if you have your, like, your you know, boarding pass on your phone, it has to be printed. Uh-huh. Everything has to be scheduled, things like that. And so um, I would, like, <laughs> growing up now, I'm one of those who has to, like, I am not one of those people who are just like, yeah, well, I'll just travel there and see what happens and mm-hmm. figure out what I can do. And yeah. I think part of it is, is yeah, my parents, just because that's never how they traveled. I think another part is that um, with difference in gender, I think mm. as a woman, you, you have to, I think it, it is harder to travel. I know a lot of women who have traveled on their own and definitely kudos to them. And I've definitely done it, but it is a little harder because yeah. you have to be more safe. You have to be more aware. There's yeah. certain things you can't, you can't go to the bank at two o'clock in the morning, you know, like a dark alley kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, definitely in some countries, there's a certain way that you have to dress, mm-hmm. for example. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely the the parent habits that are definitely there sometimes. Yeah. And and um, in terms of that whole like pre versus post, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that one year, I I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I really do. It's I think some people have that like once 
in their experience or like a, a huge experience that happens very like dramatically let's yeah. say that like it's just like oh my gosh like i'm a whole different person i think for me i've had two of those kind of things mm-hmm. one is i also did a kind of a backpacking through mexico and costa rica teaching mm-hmm. english and cool. it was at a time where i also was kind of a very confused of myself like i again i said like i wanted to be a teacher since i was three but i got to the point where i was like why and I hadn't worked for with kids for a little bit. Like, I think it's been a year since I had worked with kids. So I, I kind of lost myself a little bit. I was also, I think it was second year of uni. And, like, I was a mess. <laughs> 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 Just, like, I got my stuff done. But I definitely valued, like, friends and partying a lot more mm-hmm. than I really should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I was I was very confused and very kind of distraught just kind of like is this even what i want to do like what am i doing here like the old quarter life crisis oh yeah like if if i don't want to be a teacher then what on earth am i gonna be and so i was just so confused with my life and so i went to costa rica and i taught and i was like oh my god yeah this is definitely which gave me like a more career wise i think gave me a more like um like a more fundamental idea of what i wanted yeah to do. you had a direction yeah i have a direction your... and that gave me some pers- so that was like the pre-tabby where i was like oh yeah i have no clue what i'm doing mm-hmm. versus the post where i was like okay i have some level of like understanding of what i want to do mm. and then there was the second one was actually very very recent it was covid mm. um where i had i think my rock bottom in my life really yeah oh it was it was hard and i know it's been really hard for a lot of people and um but yeah like for me personally it was just my rock bottom i have never i've experienced depression before and Mm. i've experienced sadness before but never like this Mm. and it was you know like when it first started i had you know i had like graduated a little earlier because i think all my professors were just like fuck it like we're not doing this we're just gonna take the average of that midterm don't come to class anymore Mm. so i finished like a month before everybody else did so i essentially finished in february and so uh, I didn't have anything to do. My job closed down because I used to work at the hospital. And so we non-essential workers weren't allowed. So I didn't have a job. I didn't have um, I didn't have a school. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. And at the first couple months was just like, yes, I have nothing to do. I can chill. But like by month two or three, I was so lonely. Yeah. And then my sister was there and a couple of my friends moved in when COVID started where we're like, yeah, we'll be each other's bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it led to essentially was just an immense amount of drinking. Mm. And so it was just something that like, yeah, we would do like three, four times a week. And it wasn't even like the chill kind of like kickback with a beer or two. Mm. It was just like insane amount of drinking. Fucked, yeah. Oh yeah. And it was like, all, it was like maybe four of us, five of us where we just get so fucked out of my minds. And, and essentially, like, after a couple of months of that, it just led to, like, depression, really mm-hmm. bad depression where, and I, I um, realized that when I, like, had applied to an education program at UBC, and I didn't get in, that was, like, a huge setback for mm-hmm. me, because I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I obviously not going into this program, like, and, you know, when you're in that state of just, like, fuck life you don't even have the motivation to look for life mm-hmm. you know you're mm-hmm. just uh, so you're just like i would wake out of bed and just or, like i'd wake up and just be like what the fuck is the point like i mm-hmm. just want to go to sleep i'd stay in bed for hours my sister would come in being like come our friends are here let's just chill watch a movie and be like no i don't want to talk to anybody mm-hmm. until about july when my sister was like you need like i had hit rock bottom like i was genuinely just done with everything and everyone 
And my sister's like, you need to go to Chicago and be with mom and dad. Mm. You know, mom and dad are always great for a little, you know, knock on the head. Mm. And I was like, no, fuck that. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I, she's like, dude, you need to go. And so I went to Chicago and stayed with my parents for a month. And like little by little, my mom like sat me down. She's like, what are our goals? What is happening? How are we going to accomplish? I was mm-hmm. like, well, I still want to be a teacher. And so with her help, bless, I like genuinely will always need my mom. Always, <laughs> like forever. Um, but yeah, no, I just like I slowly started getting my shit together. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, went back to the gym, got a job at the Y, started my ECE. So little by little, started pulling the pieces together. But there's definitely like a pre like COVID tabby where mm. I was just like, I don't give a shit about anything. Anyone, even after graduation, uh, you would think I'd be excited about graduation. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I genuinely was like, I don't care. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And then there's a post Abby where I got everything together. I finally got a job that I love. And and now I'm just like every day, like even I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I'm like, fuck, I still want to go see my little kids. Mm-hmm. I still want to do this. And and so, yeah, like it's it's awesome that you also got that chance to have like, an experience of like pre-SAM versus like post-SAM. Mm-hmm. Because I think some people are kind of stuck in that pre for a long time and just yeah. very difficult to kind of, they want to do something about it and they want to have some level of path, but mm-hmm. don't. But so. it's just so easy to get stuck in a rut. Mm, like our, mm. as humans, you're innately looking for comfort and you're looking yeah. for a pattern, right? So you're like, okay, if I do this, this, and this, like you're saying, the train of school to mm-hmm. work to life to whatever, like that's the path, that's easy. And then maybe you try and then you fail and then you're like, oh, well, this didn't work for me. So I guess I suck at this and yeah. life sucks and I hate everybody. <laughs> and it's very easy to like kind of, again, catastrophize and make that a much, I don't want to say I like can make it a bigger deal than it is, but like that is what it is. Like that is life. It's like trying shit, getting your face Challenge. smushed into yeah. mud and then like Picking, building yeah. yourself back up and then it's going to happen again yeah, and again. for sure. And I think, yeah, it's interesting that it, like, for me, it was a trip. For you, it was a pandemic, but it needed, something needed to happen yeah. externally, right? Yeah. To, for you to be like, okay, like, the path I was going down wasn't conducive to the way I want mm-hmm. to live my life. Yeah. Shake it up, change. Yeah. And, like, the importance of other people, right? Like, you you probably, you said you couldn't do it without your mom. Like, I couldn't have done it without my parents or my support network like let me tell you there's times on my year off where i was like oh my god the amount of times i was like on my phone to my mom like i don't know if i want to do this like this is this place is crazy like i got scammed and like i think everybody hates me like ah and then you're like calm down yeah (laughs) take some breaths it's always those breaths yeah Yeah. everything's gonna be okay like and yeah i think again just like bringing home the importance of other people yeah and like you yeah how how you often you often need other people to make a change yeah. for yourself like yeah. like i was saying there's no way because uh, it, it'll inevitably degenerate to lying in bed and like like you say thinking about like what the fuck is the point yeah. about anything like yeah and i think and that's why like now it's just it's scary to know what the consequences are going to be of this pandemic because it is a like the cycle of just like i know i need people to get through this hard time but i can't see people Mm. and i'm lucky because i live with my sister right so i do have but people who live by themselves and have to work at home and basically don't go out get their groceries delivered 
kind of thing it's just like you need people to get through this but you also can't see people yeah. so you're kind of stuck on your own and no matter what you do you're kind of still in this this rut yeah this and cycle. so yeah i don't know it's 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 a hard one. It's a tough one. It's we a picked a pretty weird time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, for we're sure. gonna. Yeah, I think this is. It's fascinating, but it's also like a big inflection point, right? Like, mm. what does? Yeah, where do we go from here? Yeah. Do we? Does it look like some weird, like dystopian future where like Amazon and Apple own everything, and like you're just getting drone delivered yeah. shit, and like yeah, Dude, you can't honestly. go outside and. It's have you I don't know if you've like like I don't know it happens to me quite often now when I watch a movie and I'll watch like a like a club scene or a rave scene mm. and I feel uncomfortable oh, yeah. like me sitting yeah, yeah, yeah. my ass on the couch and I'm like that is really yeah, weird yeah. too many people yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's just like I wonder how long or if ever we'll ever get to a point where we'll go into a club and mm. have it feel normal like yeah. somebody will like touch you and you'll feel fine yeah yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah yeah because yeah I'll see like just watching a movie of like a big like rave scene and I'm just like that's so yeah. uncomfortable like how many germs in all people's <laughs> body like that yeah. is my first instinct Instinct. it's crazy to think totally that. yeah just i, don't I think know. i don't know because you see pictures of like new zealand and like australia they're like chilling mm -hmm. and and they they seem to have gone relatively right back to it yeah what i'm i don't know it's wishful thinking like hopeful but like when this shit finally fucks off whatever <laughs> that will be like i think people are gonna get ready like they're gonna be ready to party oh yeah <laughs> like they're oh, gonna be yeah. ready to like go crap, for yeah. it yeah and i think that's why it's been so difficult to be honest because people are like oh it's almost done it's yeah almost done. It's <laughs> yeah, almost done. yeah so they're yeah. like okay maybe we can party just a little bit just yeah. just a little bit and then they party and then it gets fucked over again yeah and it's yeah like, oh, shit. Fuck, and yeah. i think yeah like I, I think i like i said like going back to what i was saying about this the guy on the radio it's like i don't condone yeah. a party like that but it's also like i get it man like i also want to like go out and just get drunk and and enjoy my life and it's like the release of like because yeah. like even if like it'd be as critical as like i was saying like the kind of like corporate like drone life which is like the reality for life mm -hmm. for a lot of people you at least have the like redeeming quality of being able to go get shit faced with your friends yeah, on the weekend, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's kind of what you're leading up to is just like letting loose. Mm -hmm. And like you say, that's been removed. And like now we're kind of seeing consequences of how long can that really, how long can we sustain yeah. that? Like people are realizing now, I think like this is not sustainable. Yeah. For and I and honestly like sympathize or at least empathize with, the government to be honest because i think mm. the public is looking at the government being like when is this over when is this over government also has no shit idea no idea when it's yeah. gonna be over and so they keep it's going like the like, whole in parental a month. Like, thing right yeah it's the same thing yeah, it's like yeah. it's like yeah in a month in a month in a month next month you know like we'll just push the restrictions uh, like one more month and, yeah and so now we're getting to a year where it's like bitch like you said it was gonna be over six yeah. months ago yeah and i think that that's why people are honestly starting to give in and starting to be like you know what fuck it i'm gonna go out with my friends to a bar or yeah. whatever because they're just like it's irresponsible 100% like I said I understand it it's reaching a year where we've been socially distancing mm -hmm. and the government's telling us do this and we'll be fine mm -hmm. we are doing this yeah we're still not fine yeah yeah you know yeah. and so it's just like you know what fuck it yeah like I'm gonna go out but if it doesn't matter then yeah yeah no I it, it's I get it I, I really do yeah I think for, for me personally it's a little harder just because I, I see like the grandparents picking up my kids and mm -hmm. like you know I see a lot of like parents come in and pick totally. up their kids so it makes me a little bit like double think that yeah um but yeah no i think people are just starting to just be like Ugh, 
I don't want to do this yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that we come through it on the other side and create a better world. But hopefully, yeah. yeah. And then knows. there's the whole vaccine debate right now. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. Well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want to take on the anti-vaxxers oh right God. here. Oh no, no, man! I don't need nobody on my Instagram being like, "Listen, <laughs> like full spam." Yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. all right. Um, awesome. Well, I think we can probably leave it there then i i usually have you or the guest and the podcast in the same way okay uh so if you want to at this time take a a minute or a second even whatever Mm -hmm. to yeah leave the people with a word a phrase a feeling a a sentiment sentiment uh whatever it is or just a random word whatever you'd like (laughs) (laughs) um think and i say this as a as as a person who values education a lot educate yourself don't assume things don't use your own biases yes everybody has their own experiences and their own stories to tell and value those but educate yourself you Mm. know like we live in a very even myself i'm definitely ignorant about some things definitely not knowledgeable about many other things but I'd say, like, before you can create an opinion, educate yourself, you know? So that's what I said. Like, don't ever stop learning because I think that's the joy, whether it's a hobby or whether it's learning about a new language or whatever it is. Don't ever, like, give up on learning. I think uh, that's, that's my beauty. thing. Beauty. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you very much, Tabby. Thank you. Until next time. No answers. On my mind, I'm asking them all the time, time like traveling through the universe. I'm scrambling these black holes. How does time flow? If I dropped in one, where would I go when I come out? A hundred years old, big question, no answers though. What happens when we dream? Is this world all it seems? I think, therefore, I am all I know. My name is Sam on the road, child to a man. Do I need a plan?